0: Let's Talk Native is produced at the LTN Studios on the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. We break all the rules for Native media by peeling back the layers of assimilation and indoctrination. No prayers, no buffalo speeches, and no spirituality shows. While this podcast does not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do take a tough look at history, oppression, and our survival. We highlight the voices of native activists, writers, poets, artists, thinkers, and musicians who are fighting for the rights of indigenous people all over Turtle Island. We may step on a few toes through our examination of culture, art, politics, history, and identity. But the real goal here is to bring our people together by breaking down what separates us. In this moment of historical change and social justice, our voices matter now more than ever before. So welcome to let's talk native
1: with John Kane. Siegel, and welcome to let's talk native and it is let's talk native, but we're going to talk about some other stuff before I get into it. Let me, uh, let me just say we are on Patreon and, uh, I want to encourage people to, to, to check us out and become a member. Sign up. Uh, you can go to www.patreon.com slash Let's Talk Native. You can sign up as a member and support uh, what we're doing here on the Cataraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. Again, uh, this is Let's Talk Native, but I'm going to talk about some stuff that may not on the face of it seem that native. I'm going to talk about Donald Trump. And here's what I got to say right out of, the ga- out of the gate. He's not an accident. He's not an aberration. He's not an Donald Trump is the president of the United States almost by design. For anybody who says the system failed and that's what yielded um, or produced a Donald Trump, now the system works exactly the way it's designed and it's designed poorly. So I want to go through this because I think it's important that people realize that he's not an accident and that he is actually a pretty good representation of what the United States is and always has been. And I know some people are going to say, no, we don't deserve him. We deserve something much better. Well, as a native person, I'm going to remind you of some of your history. And perhaps you're going to realize that you got exactly what you deserve in Donald Trump. What you do on, on November 3rd is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But what you have now is your own creation. I know many of you don't want to claim him as your president. And, uh, and many of you do, but the, but the reality is you produced this guy, you, you created this guy because you created so many like him in the past. So let's, uh, let's go through it a little bit and just stop, stop with this, with this whole America deserves better stuff, because you probably don't. I'm going to start by talking about your system before I even get into what is the American culture and how that has produced a Donald Trump. I want to talk about your system look he was elected by the electoral college not by the popular vote. The electoral college is a slave era concoction that was basically to shift and give more power to uh, to the slave the slave states of the south and you're not going to change it it's been in place uh, you know we're going on on the, we're well into the third century of the United States it requires two-thirds of the Senate to change it and frankly, whoever is in power never really wants to shift how the, the system of power will, uh, will, will be maintained. So the Democrats won't change it if they have the, the Senate. They'll never have two thirds of the Senate anyway. But the whole system of, of, of selecting a president is still based on some racist dogma associated with, uh, with slavery. Um, and I'm not going to get into the, to the culture of slavery and some of the other things that are, are native specific. I'm just talking about your system. But your system for selecting a president is born out of a slave era concoction to shift a benefit and to, to give more control to slave, uh, the slaveholding states of the South. And those, st- those states still are um, the right wing conservative Republican strongholds. Yeah, the parties shift a little bit of their platform over the over the, the centuries, but it is predominantly shifted <clears throat> with uh, with this electoral college vote to give a benefit to Republicans. And it doesn't stop there. The Senate, the Senate is clearly a disproportionate uh, shift of power towards rural states. You know, the the southern states, even the plain states, Dakota the, the, the Dakotas—they have as many senators as New York or California. So these rural states that are again Republican strongholds uh, have as much power, or, or, or as a, a state with with you know four, five, six times the population. So the Senate is not a democratic system, and it it's not even to even suggest that it's that it's um, a democratic uh, representative uh, de- uh, democracy. The way it is, it shifts a, a disproportionately the amount of power to to rural areas, it, again, all those states are, um, swing towards the Republicans. And it's not divided along uh, you know, along population lines. I mean not only did, did Trump not win the election with a popular vote, but when you look at how the, the seats of power are with the Senate, and frankly, it used to be the same way with, with, the, um, uh, with the House of Representatives as well. You have to remember the House, for those of you who don't remember what the three-fifths compromise was, this was a way to make sure that the slaveholding states could get, uh, get, get warm-body credits for their slaves so they could get um, a disproportionate amount of representation in Congress. So that's, uh, again, another shift that benefits the, the conservative, uh, what, is, what is now the conservative, but it's all born out of slave era uh, devices to, to make sure that the real population centers would not have as much control as the rural areas. In spite of the fact that the United States today will claim to be this representative democracy, it's not equally, uh, equally representative. It is, it is really skewed and the Republicans have a huge advantage. So when you wonder how something like this happens, it's the system and nothing I'm telling you right now, nothing I'm saying here is new. This has all been in place, you know, since the beginning, Uh, you know, a little, a few tweaks here and there. Yeah. They did away with the whole three fifths thing. And remember the three fifths compromise was so that three of every five slaves could be counted for congressional representation. They still weren't considered citizens. They weren't ever going to be. They 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 couldn't vote, but they would be counted simply to to apportion more representation to the slave holding states. So this is the way the system is built. It's not a, it's not a great system. It, it's a system that is flawed and it has always been flawed. So again, I'm always going to go back to the same, same thing: Trump or another Trump. <laughs> is not an accident it's built in it's baked into the system it's not a failure of the system the system was always skewed to 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 to, to benefit a a certain ideology and that ideology ends up getting a disproportionate amount of power so there's that um, uh, again you can't get you can't even escape the fact that uh, that that slavery um Played such a huge part in shaping how the the power would be distributed within w- within the United States. It, it, it always did, and uh, and frankly, when people suggest that slavery is something in the past and that it has little relevance on today, uh, and that's usually a right wing ideology, that's not true. It, it, everybody in the United States is still living with this, and and again, it isn't going to change. There's no effort. To change how many senators represent uh, you know a state there 's no desire to change that so that it is uh, affected more by the population centers. In fact, any effort to change that is uh, is strongly rejected now the other thing that uh, has been uh, uh, a major issue when it comes to representation has been the gerrymandering that takes place. And, and the Republicans have had a much stronger hand at that, not that the, not that the Democrats are innocent in this, in, this, in this mix. But see, this is all part of the system uh, that that not only was designed to be flawed in the beginning, but would continue to stay flawed. So these are the kinds of things that when you when you understand that this is the system as it was built, that it isn't the democracy that that the United States, you know, has touted throughout the world. It is it is a very very flawed system and one that has always favored uh, a certain American style aristocracy. It's utilized um, uh, where where wealth could be accumulated off of labor to to make sure that wealth would have a steady stream of power regardless of where the population center shifted to. So. That's the political system. Now let me talk a little bit about the culture, because when again, when people say well, you know uh, that it, that you know that that Trump is such a the, um, it, it's such a travesty that, that Trump is the is the president. Let's be clear here. Trump was very very popular. You. you you the american public made him into a celebrity not only was a was he uh did he represent aristocracy in terms of wealth and the accumulation of wealth the inheritance of wealth and uh and and the you know the accumulation of wealth but you made him a household name by making his television show as a reality tv star a uh you know, one of the one of the biggest shows in the country so you bolstered that ego you created the ego him getting elected didn't create the ego. You guys helped create that. And, and you, this is part of the culture that has become so much a part of the United States. It's Duck, the Duck Dynasty culture. All the, you know, This idea that this right-wing conservatism can, uh, can play out on television and draw such a large crowd. Fox News, for instance. This is a system that you all have a hand in. Now, look, I know there's always going to be those who say, no, I have nothing to do with that. I don't watch those shows. Well, Donald Trump made his success in New York City, not exactly the, you know, the rural south, right? <laughs> I mean, he, he made his name and his fame and his fortune in, in New York City. A, a, a place where uh, where you would think somebody like this would uh, you know would, would meet up against the, the so-called progressive left not so much he bought politicians and the politicians were for sale. why because that's the system that that existed but you all embraced him. you embraced him as he was you know crying out for the death sentence to the Central Park five. There was not, there wasn't a the condemnation. Now you can look back and say that there should be condemnation. But at the time, this is the kind of thing that, that that fed him, fed his ego, fed his ideology. This is all the stuff that has been built up over time that creates a Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not an aberration. He is your creation. He's not an accident. And when you say you don't deserve Donald Trump, well, again, let's, let's get a little bit more into, into, into the history of the United States. Slavery, genocide. Murder for hire. Yeah. And by that, I'm talking about the bounties that were paid for the uh, for taking native scalps. And I'm not talking about under King George. This was this was being done in the eighteen hundreds in California. This is this is the the country that you say doesn't deserve a Donald Trump, a country that was built on not only on, on slavery and genocide, but also racism, Jim Crow, white supremacy. You can find quotes from every president, from George Washington up through uh, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, 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 promoting this this concept of white supremacy. White supremacy didn't disappear in the modern era. Uh, It went underground a little bit. Trump just brings some of it back. He can be more blatant about it. And you can't deny that that white supremacy is a thing. You see people in the streets carrying guns uh, every single day. Every single day that somebody says, no, we need justice reform. There's, there's an element of the United, in the United States that boos in a, in a football stadium when football players join arms saying, we want to we take a moment of peace, a moment of silence for, for justice reform, for social justice. That gets booed. And, and, and this is one of America's greatest pastimes, watching football. It, it, the, the, the football team uh, in Western New York and Buffalo, they've got Black Lives Matter across the, uh, across the back of their helmets. The social media lit up like, like crazy with all the people condemning that. Just the idea of putting something like Black Lives Matter invokes all of this response. So tell me this country doesn't, doesn't deserve somebody like Trump. Now you can say that that's a lunatic fringe, but you know, again, Half the Senate supports, uh, is in Trump's corner. Most of the, uh, the Supreme Court is in his corner. Uh, all of the police unions, including in New York city and, and Buffalo, all the major cities, all the police unions, even in the so-called liberal States all endorse Donald Trump. So he is not just representing the lunatic fringe. He has broad based support in, in many sectors, uh, of of the of United States of U.S. society of U.S. industry, and certainly uh, in in the Justice Department and uh, and, in, and the police departments. So when I hear people again go over and over again saying the same thing that that yes, uh, the the United States deserves better, and if you think that Trump is so far to the right, if your answer to that was Joe Biden. If you think Joe Biden's going to somehow swing that pendulum in a big way to the left, no, he's going to he's going to stop a rate of status quo. He might you know try to pull back a little uh, a little bit on what what Trump did, but he's not going to push it to the left. He's pushing it to the center. And 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 after Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, she won't push it to the left either. See, these are these are the things that are built and baked into the system that is the United States. And again, going through uh, some more of that that history and, and the politics. Look at the, um, uh, the the combination and the connection between religion and politics. Not just I'm not just talking about evangelical right. I'm talking about like some of these social issues. There was all this talk about whether abortion should be a litmus test for a uh, uh, for a, a Supreme Court justice. Well, it clearly is, but it's also a litmus test for who can run uh, run as a, a Republican nominee. And oftentimes, you know, it becomes a litmus test for the left as well. So, something like that, most of people in the United States will never get an abortion. They will never be even connected to an abortion. But see, these are the kinds of issues that take on religious tones and overtones. They take on you know, a, a bigger, more influence than the, than the things that affect all of us, healthcare in general. And in fact, <laughs> you know, the abortion issue can even affect healthcare because it'll, it'll affect uh, women's health. In, not just because of abortion, but because of how they connect it to other things that are, are associated with, um, uh, w- with care for women. So there's all of these things that, that y- you can't help but notice how much they become intertwined because that's the way the system works. The, the whole pay-to-play system. This is a system that produces corruption. And look, you've been here before. Ronald Reagan was was a celebrity you guys elected. And I know the you know the the right wants to treat him like a god, but he was he frankly wasn't uh wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer either. Nor were uh were some of his successors. Oh yeah, George Bush senior, he was uh, he was a CIA guy, smart guy, sure, but uh, as evil as a day is long. And his son <laughs> W that might he may have been I mean I realize it's kind of neck and neck who 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 was the dumbest president uh, uh G- George Bush George W Bush or, D- or Donald Trump Donald Trump oftentimes gets painted as some sort of uh, media genius because he seems to stumble into some some level of media success look and and there we go with the media the media which is supposed to be like this you know the fourth rail of government so to speak it 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 failed miserably not only misrepresenting the the last election cycle but giving all of the the free press that they gave to Donald Trump making him even more of a household name than his than his hit tv show had this is all part of the system and you eat all of this stuff up and 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 again back to the religion thing the evangelical right the catholic church all of these these uh religious institutions that that sway not just not just people on the far right although more so there it, it weighs into the his, hispanic community it weighs into the black community because we have let religion and politics creep into so much of uh, uh um, of what um produces and, and yields to the next politician that it has a disproportionate influence and it can ignore things like his his comments about grabbing female genitalia it can ignore things like 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 porn stars it can ignore all that stuff because they can hang on something like appointing judges that uh, that will oppose abortion, um, doing uh, you know skewing some of the uh, um, uh, the revenue sources, the uh, tax cuts to the rich. Those are the kinds of things that yeah you you can get a lot of support on the right wing from that, and and it ties directly in to uh, uh, to to judges and to churches. So this whole, this whole thing ends up getting manipulated in ways that are almost in, inconceivable. If you were to look back, and as a Native person who can look at this a little bit from the outside, look, I don't vote in your elections. I won't vote in your elections. I don't consider myself an, uh, a U.S. citizen. I am Haga. I'm I'm Mohawk. So for me, a lot of this stuff is an exercise and, and that allows me to be a spectator to what's going on. Yes, I'm, I'm affected by all this stuff. Negatively affected, but you know I was negatively affected by by the last Democrat in office too, Barack Obama, who pushed through the uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline and who uh, who deported more uh, uh, more brown people than any other president in, in the history of the United States. So, yeah, I I I am affected, and I see the effects of of, of your politics, but I also can observe it in a way that perhaps. Most Americans can't. And, that, and that's why they can look at this stuff and say, oh, this is a failure. This is a breakdown. Well, it, it's what your system produces. It is the way the system is designed. And perhaps my observation of this thing, and I look at at the history of the United States, I view this, this sentiment that somehow the United States deserves better. And I'm thinking... The way I see uh, the way I see the United States and U.S. history and the develop of what is American culture, I think Trump fits right in. I don't think he is, you know, is um, anything but uh, but a manifestation of all things American. The, the the politics, what the United States has done in in the, in the quote unquote name of democracy, becoming the uh, the, the world's superpower, and. Spending, you know, billions and billion trillions of dollars—I should say—on um, on being the world's aggressor. And you think that's unusual to, that a country like that would would produce uh, and and, uh, and elevate a, a Donald Trump? Trump is is the president you deserve. The, is is it the one you need? Oh well, no, probably not. And and if you ever want to change. You've got to do more than, than, than hang your hat on, uh, on, on a president signing, you know, signing the Emancipation Proclamation into law. You've, got to, you've actually got, got to make change. What's wrong with the United States has always been wrong with the United States. This, Donald, Donald Trump didn't create the problems that exist today. He may be exploiting them a little bit more. He may be uh, not as prone to hide the, the blemishes and or, or cover up the uh, the flaws in the system he doesn 't he doesn 't care he 's arrogant, so he has no problem saying what what far too many americans are uh, already feel and i 'm not just talking about white supremacists he you know he he 's been fully embraced by by the very people who are supposed to serve and protect you again talking about the the policeman 's union i mean these these police departments are all in. Are all in with Trump, and these are the these are the folks that you're supposed to count on to serve and protect you. This is where it gets problematic. So, when I hear anybody say the, the United States didn't deserve Donald Trump, I I beg to differ. I think it, it it plays out over and over and over again how much the U.S. history and and you and you can't. You've got to push away the propaganda that makes the United States seem like they've, they've done everything right, because they haven't. And, you know, I, I've, I've talked in previous shows about uh, the original sins of the United States. And it's easy for, for the United States to suggest, yes, we were wrong with slavery, but we fixed that. Well, there's a whole lot of things that never got fixed. And there's a whole lot of things that, that were wrong from the beginning and are wrong today. I maintain that the genocide is a continuing process in the United States as far as Native people are concerned. Now, how, is that, how could that possibly be? Well, I'll tell you. Because genocide isn't just killing us. It isn't just sterilization. It isn't just taking our children. It's all of those things. But it's also the conditions that are created that will cause people to cease to exist. So assimilation, the idea of, of trying to take away our identity and forcing us into U.S. citizenship, that is, uh, that's still genocide. In fact, denationalization was considered a war crime in the early 1900s. 1913, it was already being discussed as as a war crime, and since then, there has been even more efforts to assimilate native peoples by stripping away our culture. The the residential schools, yeah, there's another example of of a sin, if you want to call it that, that the United States entered into, funded. And and had broad based support across the United States. So, when you say, "Well, how how does the United States get, get to a place to uh, you know to elect a Donald Trump?" The United States didn't elect Donald Trump. You did. You did it with your electoral college. You did it with your uh, with your vote. You did it with your uh, w- with your big dollar uh, you know campaigns and uh, and so much of the pay to play system that exists in the United States. And and I'll say it again there's no real appetite to change any of that. Oh yeah, and an occasional politician will step up and say, "Well, we got to get we got to make sure that we have, you know, public finance for campaigns and that and we've got to change this and we got to change that." But those end up being the 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 real left wing and and too progressive concepts to to really embrace into a platform. You're not going to hear I mean to to the extent that that the Biden Harris uh um uh campaign have taken in any of the more progressive ideas, they're window dressing. And it's not the, look, they're not going to do any major justice reform. They're not calling for any major police reform. They back completely away from things like, uh, um, reforming police departments and changing, you know, how, um, uh, law is enforced within the United States. They backed away from that because they don't want to give anything up to Donald Trump. So, As I look at the system and and I see even how it flows back and forth from right to left, more to the right than certainly to the left, all it is evidence over and over and over again is that your system will produce a Donald Trump. And then what's the answer to a Donald Trump? Not somebody farther to the left, somebody barely to the left, somebody too centrist like like, uh, Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris. So there isn't the kind of shift and there isn't the kind of um, uh, pendulum swing where you're going to see you know, some, uh, some movement to the right and then, then an equal or greater movement to the left. No, it never happens that way. Barack Obama wasn't that great swing to the left. Yeah, he was, he was the first black man to sit in the White House, but he didn't necessarily uh, solve issues for, uh, you know, for, for racial justice. In, in fact, in many ways, you could say he, look, he, he was king of the drone strike. Those weren't white people he was striking with drones. He was, uh, again, uh, the highest uh, deportation rate. No, that, uh, deportation rate. That was, uh, those weren't white folks. He wasn't deporting people back to Norway. So these are the kinds of things that you have to see where the system is. And until Americans want to change the system, the system, you're going to end up with more Donald Trumps. Look, you went from George W. Bush to to Barack Obama, then, then to uh, then to Donald Trump, and maybe you'll go to Joe Biden. But none of these things are the kinds of movements that that really advance and push the United States into into this, the the preeminence that it claims to be. It'll be the United States has lost much of its um, uh, credibility, and it started losing it. During you know, it started losing it during the Reagan years, but certainly it's been losing it more and more and more. And even look, Barack Obama gets elected, and two years later, the, uh, there's a wholesale sweep across the uh across uh, uh in the midterm elections that that got, got his power and his authority. And so, he, he basically spent two years as a lame duck in the in uh, uh especially in, in his last term, couldn't even nominate a Supreme Court justice. So, this is the system that you have essentially created and are, or or was created so long ago that you never changed and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you vote for a few more democrats or you uh, you know or you try to pull the the republicans a little bit farther to to the center the system isn't isn't changing and the wholesale uh shift that needs to occur that will really empower people and will really you know, be able to say, you know, uh, w- will enable the United States to call itself a democracy. I don't know how they can they can even call themselves that. And I'm not saying democracies are, are flawless. There's something really wrong with with 50 plus one having uh, control over 50 minus one. That and that's democracy. But you don't even have that. Nowhere near that. In fact, you elect presidents who don't even reach a 50 50 percent uh, um, turnout on elections. And you don't have much, much of a turnout when it comes to those elections in the first place. You're, by the time you back all the way out to the primaries, you're going to find out the people who got placed on the ballot got placed on the ballot with, with maybe 30% of the electorate. And that's, it's hard to, to suggest that, that that is democratic rule. So your system is so flawed that it is bound to create some of the very things that, that you are uh, witnessing today in, uh, in Donald Trump. Look, it has gotten to the point where there are many people in the United States who feel like even if Donald Trump loses, it is going to be a contested election. It's going to go on for, uh, for months. And, and I've had to remind people over and over again, <clears throat> the election takes place in November. The transfer of power doesn't happen until January. January. There's a whole lot that can, trans, uh, uh, that can that can happen between November and January. And the president of the United States has control of the military. The president of the United States has control of the Justice Department. This president has control of the Supreme Court. Yes, he does. He, the, the Supreme Court certainly leans far to the right. Um, he, he's appointed and he's appointed more judges in, uh, in the United States than, uh, than previous uh, presidents. And, and that includes a couple on the Supreme Court he he has the senate on his side even you know at, at very least until january so there's a lot of control that that donald trump has over 50% of the governors in the uh, in the united states are republicans he also uh, as i said almost every major police union has endorsed donald trump so This is what there is to uh, contain with, uh, uh, you know, that you have to contain with when when it comes to what's going to transpire between um, November and January. All right, we'll take a break and uh, we'll be right back after this. hey thanks for coming back this is john kane this is let's talk native uh let me remind people again that we are on patreon and you can find us there by going to www.patreon.com slash let's talk native you can sign up uh, a couple of different tier levels to uh, become members of our patreon group Uh, i also want to remind people uh that if you are not subscribed to our podcast or to our YouTube channel, you might be missing some content. Not only do we have uh, both my "Let's Talk Native" and my "Let's Talk" shows on uh, on my podcast, but on my YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV, we have uh, all of the the podcast programs, uh, videos of those podcast programs, as well as short form videos, um, and we plan to do some longer uh, longer videos as well. So you'll catch even more content uh, if you if you check out our um, our our uh, let's talk native tv uh channel on youtube i also uh, would uh, suggest that people go to our website which is www.letstalknative.com and there you can find links to our podcasts, you can find links to our videos and photo gallery and some other things there as well um all right so back uh, back to talking about just what the united states deserves in terms of its president um We as 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 Mohawks, we had a word for the president, it was called of the Gaius, and it means town destroyer, and this was the name we originally had for George Washington because of uh, his Sullivan campaigns, which was not just geared towards attacking uh, the Haudenosaunee in our homelands, the Senecas in particular, but to destroying food supplies, destroying our land, trying to make sure that he had inflicted intergenerational trauma against our people, that we would know the level of... Of the the terror of our chastisement. That's literally the words that George Washington used. He actually used the words terror um, and and basically uh, used terrorism as a strategy uh, to to quell any uh, insurgency from Native peoples um, back at, at the at the origins of the of the United States and. Each president after that, we we learned almost, uh, you know, through our own pain and suffering, that each president had the same design, which was to destroy us. So that's why, that's why we look at the president of the United States in uh, in a different light than what you do. We've seen how president after president has uh, ha- has promoted uh, white supremacy, uh, and we, we you know we we saw it in uh, in. Your greatest heroes, all all those faces on the uh, that you carved into the black hills at Mount Rushmore uh, Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, Roosevelt all of them had made it very clear what their views were on white supremacy as it relates specifically to Native people, and of course it was also demonstrated through uh, uh to black people through, uh, through slavery and all of that. So. When I hear people say that the, United, that the United States deserves better than Donald Trump, and, and I can't help but go, but reiterate over and over again how Trump is a manifestation of your culture, of your history. Look, criminal justice problems aren't new; they have existed, you know, for a very, very long time. It's always been geared towards policing either runaway slaves or protecting, uh, in fact, uh, cops by themselves were, you know, the whole idea of police forces. They were developed for both uh, slave patrols and for, uh, and for defending uh, against lands that were uh, illegally occupied from Native people. So there's always been a racial component to what, um, uh, what the purpose of police forces were. And they were, per- they were geared towards protecting personal property. Well, it was only the wealthy that had personal property that was worth protecting. So it's always been uh, a, uh, a force that was developed to protect wealth. Of the wealth of the established wealthy. So that's built into the system, and it's always and it's always been that way. Um, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, they ha- look, they promoted much of the, uh, w- what exists now as uh, as discriminatory or uh, um, systemic. Racist uh, police departments. Kamala Harris was top cop in California. She was, you know, a, a district attorney. She was a, a state attorney general. Uh, Joe Biden was was one of the the, the main senators pushing for uh, the the crime bill that uh, that would, you know, end up locking more and more people of color up. And and to be clear, you, the voting public, uh, brought are the ones who buy into this whole idea of law and order candidates. You do that. So when when Trump you know takes the position that he takes, even even those of you on the left, you guys bought into the whole uh, the whole justice uh, uh, you know uh, law and order candidates. You bought into the um to, to the welfare reform, not to make welfare more uh, more helpful or or uh, uh, that would provide more uh, progressive assistance. No, but to cut it you bought into all that stuff you you know you bought into the war on drugs you bought into the red scare you the public did that now look sure you were propagandized but you've been propagandized from the very start with all this stuff every war that the united states has been involved in has been uh, it was was an attempt to heroize uh, and romanticize war to romanticize the military you buy into all that stuff you know with the, with the exception of uh, more anti-war demonstrations that took place during the Vietnam War. Generation after generation has has say, you know honor the troops, you know so, you know support the troops, save the troops. Your politics doesn't uh, doesn't uh, follow that. I mean, usually after after a person's been used up by the U.S. military, they're on their own. Then veterans' benefits aren't aren't really where they need to be. But you know you may make noise over that. But that's not never the higher priority. There's more of a push to fight over things like abortion or gay rights than, than to do the right thing on something that has more, more of a broad-based uh, effect on the public. These are some of the things that you guys have, uh, you you the voting public, has been a part of. The Patriot Act. And, and in case you don't recall, pa- the USA Patriot Act is, a, um, is an acronym. It stands for uniting and strengthening america by providing appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism that's what the patri- it isn't about patriotism it's anything but that it is about surveillance and you know when the patriot act first came came through some on the left you know were, were buzzing about it but you know what when barack obama got elected you know so it comes in with with, with uh, george w bush when when, when when obama gets elected he doesn't do away with the patriot act and all of a sudden everybody gets silent and you the public bought into that you allowed that to happen you allowed this uh, more surveillance on your phone calls on your cell phones on on what you do on the internet you allowed all that you bought into this into this fear of terrorism this the politics of fear you've bought into all of it you buy into all of the propaganda that is uh, that that is dished out to you without even getting into some of the unanswered questions associated with 9-11, most of you guys just settled in and, and bought the story that was sold to you. And you do it time and time again. So to say you don't deserve somebody like Trump, your complicity in all of this stuff, your, your complicity in, in every bit of the propagandizing, uh, propagandizing that happens, but both by the right and the left, makes you complicit in, in the system failing. Right, t- I'm sorry, take it back in the system being a failure. It it isn't failing. It is doing exactly what it was designed to do. So, this is what we go through. And and again, as an as a spectator in this thing and and looking at what it, what is really transpiring in what is by all definitions an unprecedented time. Look, you've got COVID-19, uh you know, a global pandemic. You've got corruption uh that is is more visible today than it has been in a very, very long time in the United States. Yeah, there's been controversies, political controversies in the past. Yeah, yeah, look, what what you're witnessing now makes Watergate and, and break-ins by you know by sitting presidents pale by comparison. And what you're gonna see after November is gonna be is gonna be something again unprecedented. If you think Donald Trump is going to take this thing lying down and many of you are going to, you know, there, there are plenty of people on the right who are going, who are already arming themselves for what, what may or may not happen in, uh, on November 4th. So everybody is, is, is actually adding to the, um, the level of tension. There's not a whole lot of people trying to, uh, trying to smooth this thing over or, or fix it. And Going to the polls on, on November 3rd isn't going to fix it. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't even matter who gets elected. And I'm, and I'm not saying, you know, categorically that, that Joe Biden is every bit as evil as Donald Trump. That's not the point. The point is, it, what is there to be fixed by just changing the name tags? And, you know, and I, the show I did uh, just, just recently, I, I talked about even trying to plug people of color into, uh, into these positions. If the system is broken... Or again, I guess I keep saying it. If the system is designed a certain way, putting different people in it, putting Barack Obama in the White House didn't change anything dramatically. Putting Kamala Harris in as the VP isn't going to change anything dramatically. Even if if Joe Biden dies and, and, and Harris becomes the president, nothing is going to change is you know, substantially. There have been black uh, U.S. attorneys, U.S. Attorney General, Holder, um, uh I can't think of the, I'm drawing a blank on the, on the woman who was the uh, U.S. attorney after, after him. What's that? Rice. Was it Rice? No. Oh yeah. Uh, 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 but even Alberto Go- Gonzalez. So look, there have been people of color in the, in these, uh, in these positions. So, but that doesn't change anything. You see, you you see mayors of cities, uh, that are still having you know, police problems, and they're, and they're black. You see chiefs of police who are black still major problems with, with all of this stuff. So this is what this is what you have. I mean, this is kind of the, the situation, uh, you know, as it um, it's designed this way, and it's also designed this way. So it doesn't matter. You can put somebody that's a Democrat in these positions. You can put somebody that's a Republican in these, in these positions. It doesn't change. There's still the threat of nuclear war uh, every single day that still exists. and it doesn't matter who sits uh, who, you know who, who's the leader of China, who's the leader of uh, Russia or who's the leader of the United States? Because there are more countries that have nuclear weapons, and, and, and who's the one country who tries to be the top cop as it relates to nuclear weapons, the one that dropped the bombs on people. So this is where we get. This is what we get when, uh, when we see how the system is and there 's very very little appetite to change it, like i said the the likelihood of there being any dramatic change to anything uh, uh, change to the to the electoral college there are, there's, there's some efforts that that states are trying to create um, uh, a commitment that they will that they will always follow the, the you know the, the popular vote that doesn 't change the electoral college dramatically, so this is you know this. This is you know again more of the problem that will continue to, to plague the United States, and it is a system that is unraveling because it was never designed to be uh, equitable for everybody. And and of course you could argue that nothing can be equitable to everybody. I mean you, you could make that argument. I think if there's if there's fairness, if there's if if you can take racism the systemic racism out of the system, yes, it becomes a little bit more equitable. But you also get into this whole notion of, um, not just, you know, the white supremacy as it has been known, but now the, the the current euphemism for white supremacy is American exceptionalism. So now you create a whole different level, even if you could somehow unify Americans, <laughs> or U.S. citizens, which seems unlikely, you still create a... Uh, a sense of superiority over other countries. And that's why you, and and that's why the United States can be as aggressive as it is in, in all of these other countries. Look, I once saw a billboard in New York city that talked about the millions of people who died because of communism, but nobody's put the, uh, put the billboard up that says uh, how many millions of people died because of American style democracy. Even the coups that the United States has been involved in against other democracies, other countries that have really um, by definition, better democracies than the United States. countries that that require um, you know uh, runoffs in, in elections if somebody doesn't get fifty percent or more of the vote. The United States doesn't have that. The United States has had a couple of presidents who, who, who were elected without winning the, uh, the majority of, 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 of the votes cast. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton became the president because Ross Perot ran and, and, and took votes away from, from George, uh, George Bush Sr. So these are the flaws in the system that have always been there. And, you know, people will complain. They'll complain, but they don't, they don't affect or, or work for effective changes. These are the kinds of things that we, uh, ba- basically the people have to take control of. Look, my job isn't to fix the United States system, but I will offer an outside uh, critique of it. Your jobs as Americans—you know, those of you who are listening in, in the cities, and those of you who who are interested in hearing what what I may have to say about the subject—if you are a U.S. citizen, you have more of an obligation than just casting a vote every two years or every four years. And in fact, regardless of whether it's your candidate that wins. They're still they're still supposed to represent your concerns, even if you voted for the other guy or gal. <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? I mean. There does need to be people on the street. And, and when I hear people say, well, it's, it's wrong to you know, go out and protest in the street. Well, how the same people who will bitch like hell about Black Lives Matter protests uh, in, in the in the streets of the city. They're just as vocally opposed to, uh, to somebody taking a knee during the national anthem or standing arm in arm at, uh, be, not even when the anthem is being played. Look, there's not an appetite for, for peaceful protests over people really taking to the street and perhaps being a little bit more disruptive. There's no appetite to just to, to shift it towards more peaceful protesting. The, the people who are opposed to this are just opposed to anything that changes their comfortable white lives. This is this is the challenge. And I'll I'll tell you, I heard somebody say, we don't need allies. We need accomplices. So and by that, what what they're really saying is we don't need people to to say they support Black Lives Matter. We need people who are prepared to go on the street and, and be accomplices in making the changes. We don't need people to say, oh, I support the Idle the No More movement. We need accomplices. We need people who are willing to go and, and take a stand. It's not enough to say that you're not a racist. You need to be an anti-racist. It's not enough to say that, that, you, uh, that you recognize Native sovereignty. If your government isn't, then you need to do something about your government. We get into this debate all the time. We are still fighting at the state level and at the federal level, uh, sometimes even at the more local level, every day to assert our distinction as Native peoples. We see black people fighting every day for their lives. And look, anybody would say, well, you know, there's more crime committed by black people. Well, why the hell, if, even if that's true, which I'm not sure that that is true, <laughs> why would that be? I mean, it's not genetically I mean, nobody is genetically predisposed to, to commit crimes, but if you've reduced somebody's life to the point where the only way somebody can feed their families is to hustle and that hustle may, uh, may cross those lines, then you created the situation and, 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 and again, you you want to criminalize and weaponize everything? Look, the amount of people who are in prison because of taking drugs, not dealing drugs, but just taking, smoking, uh, you know, being caught with possession of, of marijuana or, or or whatever else. The amount of people who've done prison time for that is insane. And look, we say we've seen it demonstrated over and over and over again. Police departments have no problem. Um de-escalating conflicts with white people they have no problem taking somebody into custody when they're white even if they committed mass murder they know how to do it they just choose not to when it's a person of color these are choices that are made by police officers and they're choices that we make as um as people affected by them by not standing up to them Everybody says, well, if you, if, you, if, you, if you just comply with officers, there's nothing in, uh, there's no, no law that says you have to comply with an order that, that's unjust. Sandra Bland was taken into custody and died in custody because she wouldn't put her cigarette out there 's no law that says a, a a police officer can tell somebody in their car to put their cigarette out and and then drag them on the ground and and ultimately take them into custody to you know so they can lose their life i mean it's it 's insane when you think about what we have tolerated and and we have a way of always justifying it i mean i've i 've heard white people even try to no, well, you know, Tamir Rice. Yes, I know he was only 12 years old and he was playing with an airsoft gun. But it's an honest mistake that the that the cops made. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Shooting a 12 year old boy with a toy gun that he got for Christmas is that's that's not. There's nothing legitimate about that. It's wrong, and it's a crime. Choking somebody to death, where it's Eric, whether it's Eric Garner or, or whether um, whether you're you're kneeling on the neck. On the neck to the point where you're not only choking them, but you're cutting off the blood supply to the brain? That's not a mistake. You don't choke somebody to death by mistake. You didn't slip with the trigger. You didn't slip with your knee. You kneeled on him for eight minutes while people were telling you that he was dying. So, look, we all have work to do. The work isn't to change the name tags. It isn't to change, you know, whose name gets put on the sign. You got you gotta change the system. Thanks for listening. This is John Kane. this is Let's Nog Native. Yahweh. Anyway.